Hello, good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Every Sunday, Christians all over the world gather in church, and one of the things they do is to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure you know it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just for a moment, I want you to think about that first word, our. Have you ever pondered just that one opening word in the Lord's Prayer? What was Jesus saying by using that possessive pronoun? He didn't tell us to pray, my Father, but our Father. What does that mean? Jesus was saying that when we pray, we pray to his Father and ours. He was saying, God is my Father, and because of what I've done for you, he is your Father as well. You can pray to your Father with as much confidence as I do. He is my Father and yours. Some people think they can't pray because they're not good enough. They know they've done bad things that are not pleasing to God, so they don't pray. They feel ashamed to come into God's presence. Here's what they don't understand. We can't pray because we're good enough. Our standing in prayer has nothing to do with how righteous we are. Our standing in prayer is entirely based on the relationship Jesus has with his Father. Jesus is righteous. Jesus never sinned. He is the beloved of his Father. The Father said out loud from heaven on at least two occasions, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So he could come before the Father in prayer without fear or doubt. <clears throat> the wonderful thing is that by his death on Calvary, Jesus has brought us into that same relationship with God that he has had from all eternity. This may be hard to believe, but it's true. It's what Jesus meant when he used that plural pronoun to start the prayer he taught us. Because of the blood of Christ poured out for me, God is just as much my Father as he is Jesus' Father. He is just as well disposed toward me as he is to Jesus. This requires faith. If you're having trouble getting your brain around this, maybe the first thing you should pray is, O oh God, make this truth real to me, the truth that because of Calvary I am now a child of God who can come to my heavenly Father just like Jesus did. Give me supernatural faith to believe this. And now I pray as Jesus taught me, I pray to my own heavenly Father who loves me as he loves Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, my father wasn't perfect. He was a godly man, though. And I know if I ever went to him with a need or a problem, he would listen and do everything in his power to meet my need. But he wasn't God. He wasn't all-powerful. 
but your heavenly Father is. Perhaps you didn't have a loving father. Maybe he was distant, absent, or even abusive. It's hard for you to relate to God because of this father thing. God understands that. But it doesn't change his everlasting love for you. Let me make a suggestion. While your father may not have been what he should have been to you, I think you know what you wish he had been like. Surely you have some kind of image in your mind of what a good father would be. Just know that God is that good father times infinity. He is everything you ever wanted in a father and more, more than you could ever dream of. Call out to him in this confidence that Jesus, by his death on the cross, has brought you into God's family, and he is your father and hears your prayers just like he hears the prayers of Jesus Christ. Listen to these verses from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We have confidence. We have confidence to thrust ourselves right into the throne room of Almighty God, not because we're good people, but because Jesus is good. Now, there's one more little thing in the Lord's Prayer that I want to point out. In that prayer, we ask for forgiveness of our sins, and we purpose to forgive others who have offended against us. If there is sin on your heart, on your conscience, the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James 5.16 urges us to confess our sins to one another in the context of calling for the elders of the church to pray for the sick. It is very helpful, and I have found this to be true by personal experience, to confess your sins to a wise and discreet pastor or priest. I think it's biblical. If you have hurt another person in any way, go to them and seek their forgiveness. Before you go, identify with the help of the Holy Spirit your basic offense against that person. Go to them and say, God has convicted me of whatever it is. Will you forgive me? This is very hard to do. I know. But the first time you do it is perhaps the hardest. The more you do it, the easier it gets. I've had to do it too many times, I'm afraid. But humbling yourself in this way brings freedom. Remember this, don't accuse the other person while you're confessing. Don't say, I know we both did things wrong. Let God deal with their offense if there is one. And don't say, if I've offended you. I promise you, if you follow through in the right way here, led by the Holy Spirit, you will discover a wonderful new freedom 
in your walk with Jesus and in your prayer life. But remember, your ultimate forgiveness is conditioned on what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. He carried all your sin and guilt. Through faith in his finished work, you can come with boldness before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Jesus is saying to you now, God is my Father and yours. He will hear you because my blood has washed away all your sin. You are a member of the family now, just as I am. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help my listeners, Lord, maybe some that have a hard time believing this. Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that their hearts, the eyes of their hearts will be enlightened so they can grasp this wonderful truth that God is my Father because Jesus Christ shed his blood for my sins. And I pray this in the precious and powerful name of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear friend, I hope you will pray. I hope you'll be bold to pray through Jesus Christ who died for your sins and taught you to pray our Father because he is Jesus' Father and he is your Father because of what Christ did for you. Pray for us. Pray for me and my family. God has answered many prayers and we are very thankful. Pray for our church, the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And we just would, uh, if you live in the area and you don't have a church home, we'd love to see you at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.